0: Should we go electric?
1: I think we should go electrified with Toyota.
0: Electrified?
1: Electrified means options.
0: So electrified
1: looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Uh,
2: Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Jim. Has anything interesting happened to you?
0: I went for a socially distant walk with friends very far apart.
2: How was that? Weird. Did you were you able to talk or you were kind of like yelling at each other? You know,
0: yeah. It doesn't feel like you're having a real intimate conversation at that distance. Mm-hmm. Um but it it's good to see people. Yeah. It was making me realize why so many old-timey poets used to write about going for walks. <laughs> and when you're studying this in high school, you're like, "Come on, <laughs> old guy." There's so much interesting stuff happening in the world. Like Lil Yachty just dropped this mixtape. Who? Or whoever, you know, just whatever the cultural references. Uh Right. There's so many like dank memes going around on Instagram. Oh my God. And you are writing about going silently for a walk, trying to choose one path over another path, and one of them has a little more grass on it, you know.
2: What difference could that make?
0: Right. Um, (laughs) And I finally now see, you know, I want to read about going for a walk because when I'm not going for a walk, I'm thinking about it. You know, your standards change, right? I know you know a lot about literature. What are some of the best poems about walks?
2: (laughs) Basically, I only know one poem. How about this? We'll see how I'm feeling at the end of our conversation. And if I'm feeling in the mood, I'm going to read you a poem. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. But if not, I won't. Great. Okay. So our conversation today is about the economy. Remember, it was at least a month ago now, maybe five weeks ago, we talked to Annie Lowry about what this recession would look like. Mm -hmm. And she said, somewhat reassuringly, That even though this um, economic depression was going to be very rapid and difficult, that it would be basically sort of like a a very quick, hard, fast drop, and then a recovery. And I remember that being relieving at the time, because it was like, okay, here's the situation we're actually in six weeks after we talked to her. Businesses are closed. Unemployment is at totally unprecedented levels. People are withholding rent because they can't pay. There's a cancel rent movement. And I think my fear is that this is going to be sort of catastrophic and not recoverable, and I worry that the measures that the government seems to be taking are just like too little, too late. And I'm curious what kinds of things can be done to stave off true deep long-lasting recession. Right. If if that's even possible.
0: Yeah. She seemed more hopeful last time we spoke than I was expecting. And so I guess it would be meaningful if she has no longer such hope.
2: Let's give her a call. Hey, Annie.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Annie. Good. How are you? I am doing okay. I think uh, Adrian has been calling it Corona fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: How, what's the scene in Oakland?
1: It's much the same, Um, I feel like, and it seems like we actually kind of have some data on this that people are kind of starting to fall apart a little bit with it. In the stores, everybody's still wearing masks and like the social distancing in that way is I feel like just quietly people are kind of like, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? And it's like, wait, should we be doing that yet? I am like, we shouldn't be breaking the rules now, but it's uncomfortable. And I get that people are like going totally stir crazy.
2: Mm -hmm. Where, Where are you on the stir crazy spectrum? Quite,
1: but like managing (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just trying to take lots of walks and get out of the house, I guess. I don't know. How are you guys doing on the um, totally feeling locked in front?
0: (laughs) We were saying I'm consuming uh, or thinking about writing walk-based poetry, which hasn't been popular for, you know, a century. Oh, man. Just extolling the virtues of solitude in my head and seeing a daffodil and making my heart flutter.
1: I like this idea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Reconnect with the natural world while walking around very carefully. (laughs) Yeah. And then write a poem about
0: it. Well, Bill Wordsworth, he did this a while ago.
2: Anyway, Annie, so here's the thing. I was just looking back. We last spoke to you. It was March 17th. Wow. Okay. Time flies. And at the time, we talked about, you know, what? you thought this was going to do to the economy and you said basically that this was going to be really, really devastating, but temporary. Yeah. Is this still your view on it or have things
1: changed? So I think two two things have changed. So the first is that we have not used the time very well. These past six extremely painful weeks for the economy, we have not used them very well to control the spread of the virus. We have not put structures in place and a plan in place to get us to the other side in the way that I would have hoped. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. um and the second which is actually kind of related we didn't do enough to support incomes and keep businesses alive when we were demanding that people go into this really economically painful shutdown and it, we did a lot right we've mm-hmm. we've passed trillions of dollars of relief but this was such a big shutdown that that we probably needed more. And it's it's looking like it's going to be kind of hard to go back to the well, which is sort of a thing that's true for Congress. So I do think that we'll bounce back, but I also think that we know that we're experiencing some economic damage that's going to be permanent. And I think, you know, where I first thought that this might be a really bad year, now I think that we might be looking at a couple years of of a really weak economy.
2: Uh, I was hoping you were <laughs> going to say like, Things may look bad, but I'm still really confident that we're going to get right back to normal.
1: I guess if you want to look at it positively, we might be near the nadir or within a few months of the nadir, right? Like it might start getting better in the summer and the fall. And that's that's really something. Um, yeah. You know, the last recession lasted for 18 months. This one, the recession part of it might only last for six. That's something that's a little different. Hmm. It's not very good news, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we're all just sort of slowly (laughs) ratcheting down expectations. I mean, how did we get to a point six weeks in where people can't pay their rent when we have passed historic amounts of aid? What went wrong? And
1: what did we not do that we should have done? So this was a, a really unusual recession in that it was so fast and so totalizing. What you wanted the federal government to do was something kind of called in the literature income replacement, right? Mm -hmm. We want to take some measure of all this lost income, and we want the federal government to replace it. And for some complicated reasons, like that $2.2 trillion that passed in the CARE Act, it didn't act as sort of $2.2 trillion of of income replacement, but but it acted for a lot of income replacement, and it's really helping. But it, it just wasn't enough and it, it wasn't enough for a lot of lower income families, as well as the fact that, you know, you don't just need to make families whole. You also need to make sure that businesses are surviving and, and we haven't quite done enough there. And so when businesses collapse, they lay their workers off. Those workers then spend less money in the economy, which causes other businesses to collapse. On top of that, because we we still have these outbreaks ongoing and people are still really afraid of this virus, we, it doesn't feel like we're getting to the other side on the public health part of it. And man, that's interplaying with this in all sorts of crazy ways. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty bleak out there.
2: Right. Well, OK, so I feel like we have these opportunities to stave off extreme catastrophe and to sort of like put a tourniquet around the injury and mm. i can't tell if this is paranoia or if there doesn't seem to be an appropriate level of like fear and reaction <laughs> for what's happening. Yeah.
1: I feel like we we are, you know, 6 or 8 w- weeks into the kind of acute part of the crisis here. We feel a little bit like um like the coyote when he goes off the cliff and we haven't <laughs> totally dropped yet we haven't hit the wave of evictions we haven't seen huge increases in in numbers of homeless families who are forced to double up or live in cars and vans or find other substandard housing yet but we know that we're going to get there we
2: do we know that we're going to get there
1: Oh, absolutely. I don't know how bad it'll be, but absolutely. 30 million people have have lost work in just a matter of weeks. So it's like one in 11 Americans and a higher proportion of adults. That is a terrifying number. That's
2: horrible. And it's It's, not necessarily going to stop. That's not like the end of it. Can you talk about like who this is hitting hardest or who this is likely to hit hardest?
1: So there are... A number of workers who have fared kind of okay. They're they're generally just fine. So white collar workers who are capable of doing their jobs at home, and the three of us are included in that category. Podcasters. Yeah, <laughs> our lives have changed, but largely our incomes have have shored up. Our employers um, have haven't fired all of us, at least not yet. For one of my stories. Um, I was recently talking to Ai-jen Poo, who is um, one of the co-heads of the uh, National Domestic Workers Union. Uh, And she said that something like 80% of uh, the folks who are involved with that so this is like nannies housekeepers uh, those types of workers have have lost income in some cases lost all of their income things in like janitorial services they're just gone right. uh, probably the hardest hit is the category is kind of awkwardly phrased as food and accommodation services mm-hmm. so this is like you know restaurants hotels fast service food establishments are are just totally decimated. And then also, as a general point, this has been um, an unequal recession in the sense that lower wage workers, ones with fewer sort of educational credentials, have been really, really hard hit. This is a disaster. Yeah, (laughs) it's a total disaster. It's really bad. A lot of pain has been concentrated among people without much of a safety net and we're a country without a lot of social insurance and with a relatively thin safety net to begin with. And so, yeah, that's that's part of the ways in which this is bad, too.
2: <laughs> the feeling I'm having is like the house is on fire. Who has the water? Is the fire department coming? Like, and it feels like we're all just standing around. Do you share this anxiety?
1: Like, are you freaked out? Yeah, I'm I'm horrified, um, and I'm I'm also horrified because other countries have done a lot better than we have, mm-hmm. and those have tended to be countries that are social democratic with um, less polarized political systems. Those have tended to be countries with high rates of unionization and especially union involvement in government. Um, so Denmark set up pretty quickly this program that would just have the government pay workers wages so that businesses could keep them on their books. The government would just Pay the wage. And so, this is kind of like a less awkward version of what we tried to do with the PPP program that we ran through the Small Business Administration, which is a mess. And so, between February and March, Denmark's unemployment rate only went up two tenths of a percentage point. There was a way to protect the economy and save more lives, and we messed it up really badly. And we could have done better because other countries, peer countries, did better.
2: Given what we've seen from the federal government in the last six weeks, if really the main solution is that the federal government has to step up to stave off devastation and catastrophe that remakes our society in hugely negative ways, what is the likelihood (laughs) that happens?
1: So the original impetus for the big cares act i think the thing that was really motivating for congress was that the stock market collapsed really suddenly and so that was investors in some sense like yelling at congress to do something huge wealth losses huge right. drama in the markets that the fed had to come in and 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 step in and and do a lot to support markets and and that acted as a spur and I think that we are going to start seeing some truly terrifying unemployment, jobless and income loss numbers coming out. So I think it's it's likely that we're going to get, you know, a 20% unemployment number at the national level and my hope would be that that would be The kind of spur to action. Hey, like Congress, this is on you. Unemployment is 20% and whatever you are doing, it is not enough. You need to do more. This is not over. There's a lot that we could be doing here to help support families economically and to make sure that the damage doesn't become permanent. And it's not too late right? Like, uh, there's tons that Congress could do this summer to help. And so I think maybe they just, you know, there's no carrots out there, but maybe some sticks could could motivate them to really um, go ahead and do their job and, and keep on pushing.
2: This is very disturbing, and I'm not optimistic.
1: You know, to think about it positively, we need like a new New Deal. The original New Deal was responsive to an economic cataclysm, something like the scale of what's happening currently. So really big really 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 big there's lots of great ideas out there i hope if we talk six weeks from now which will be june Mm -hmm. the passage of time is very weird right now i hope that this seems like overly dire and that i was i was totally negative and and wrong about lots of things i would love to be hugely wrong yeah that would would be awesome too
0: could we create a civilian conservation corps
1: we could do like a lot of crazy stuff like that. One thing I've been thinking about, so we're going to have a ton of young people who can't go to school and can't find jobs because a lot of those, you know, a lot of teenagers and people in their very young twenties, they tend to do a lot of kind of big box retail and um, restaurant work, that kind of stuff. And a lot of that work is gone. And it's, it'd be cool to have, you know, some kind of federal program saying, great, like, Go fix up national parks, or make new to... national parks
0: for us. We need yeah. more parks because we need to go for walks, and they're too crowded Distance... right now.
1: Yeah, totally. Like distanced meals for the elderly. There's there's tons of work out there to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we that, just that need could be to, really cool. To, to
0: realign the work with the need, right? Totally. And then I can get out there for a walk, in the woods, and just let my mind dance. My eyes flashing inward, pensive. The bliss of solitude.
2: What is happening? You know it's time to end when Jim starts reading poetry. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much.
0: Thank you,
1: guys.
2: <laughs> Gonna let talk you talk go. to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: I have to admit, Catherine, I'm feeling a bit creatively stifled. What about that poem you wanted to read?
2: Yeah, I'm not in the mood anymore. Oh, like at the beginning of the conversation, I was like, mm, we can really meditate on loss," and now I'm like, "I'm just pissed." So,
0: well, in times of crisis, earnestness becomes cool again, right?
2: Yeah, but you know, solemn earnestness is for when something unavoidable has happened. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to feel solemnly earnest and mournful for something that shouldn't have happened. Gotcha. I think we've all been holding our breath, and I. I I just wonder if some of the things Annie's talking about happens, like how there there's not going to be just a lot of anger. <sighs> we'll see. All right. This show was t- produced today by Kevin Townsend with help from Anna Waters and Jacqueline Landry. You can write us at socialdistance@theatlantic.com. At We're always there. Talk tomorrow? Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye.